Good morning, Springbrook. I want to thank you for coming out on this really, really cold day. Uh, you know, it's just great to be together with the family. And God is pleased that you made the choice to be here to worship Him. Well, a lot of things have been changing in the Harrison family this past year. First of all, you'll see here my birthday, 55. Yep, yep. Yeah, back on December 8th. And I've been looking forward to this birthday. You know how people look forward to birthday? Well, I'm going to be five. I'm going to be five. I'm going to be ten. Thirteen, you know. Or sixteen. Or twenty-one. I think it stops there, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Because I get excited about fifty-five. You know what this means? You realize the discounts that are available to me? I went to my favorite restaurant, Giordano's, and I got 10% off. <laughs> it's great being 55, isn't it? It's great being any age as long as you're, you're walking with Jesus Christ. Some other things in our family, we added this Boston Terrier pup, Anthony Rizzo, we call him Rizzo. And uh, he's been so fun to have, scurrying all over the place, and he's been fun. Uh, this is a picture of my boys 20 years ago when we started the church. 20 years ago. You see Brian on the left there, and then Wesley, and then Tommy. Now things have changed over the years, as you might imagine. Yesterday we celebrated with Tommy because he graduated from Elgin Community College. And we were just uh, so thankful uh, for that. Thank you. And he's going to be going into some type of computer networking type field. Uh, he hasn't decided yet. Uh, and then, of course, you remember my son Wes got married this year. And then last Sunday afternoon, my son Brian proposed to Katie Osteen. Osteen. <laughs> yeah, they're great. Wow, they just keep coming. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the father of the bride. <laughs> yeah. Again, she, she, both of these gals, Brenna and Katie, they're Christ followers, they're mature in their faith, and they're attractive. Cause I, we, we told the, the kids early, early on, listen, you know, when you pick out a wife, the Bible says that you can't be unequally yoked. I mean, if you truly are a Christ follower and your life is all about Him, you got to marry somebody like that. That's what God says. So I said, guys, <coughs> uh, your choices are limited. <laughs> I mean, really limited. Because they kept coming back to me, Dad. I said, Dad, there are no cute Christ followers that are mature. I mean, how about just a Christ follower? I can find somebody like that, you know, who's just kind of walking, uh, not close to God. I said, no. No, that's what God tells us to do. I said, keep praying. And they did. And God answers prayer. God will provide. You see, here at Springbrook, we want to train you to be a disciple-making family. We want to help you. So I want to challenge all, encourage all of you with kids that are younger. Tell them this. And say it up front. But you know what the most important thing is that will guide them in this direction? is you live out the Lordship of Jesus Christ 
in your life. Because if you're not living it out, they're not going to take your advice or counsel. It's very important. Your spiritual maturity directly impacts your kids, even as you grow older and they're adults. So we need to continue to glorify God uh, to our children. Uh, we're in a series, Come to Worship. Today we're going to talk about pour out your hearts. We've got three special services coming up. Friday or Saturday, that is, Christmas Eve. We have a 3 p.m., about 4.10. Uh, it's a pretty great time. Uh, just remembering why Christmas is so special. And then on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, we have a one-hour service, and we have child care uh, through the age of five. So some fun stuff coming up, worshiping our Savior. We've talked about worship. What is worship? Well, worship is treasuring the treasuring or a treasuring of God above all things. So, as we talked about last week, we are a living sacrifice. Jesus Christ was the final sacrifice in order uh, to redeem us. And now we are laid out on the altar, right? We're called to be a living sacrifice. And that means that our life is all about living for Jesus. Our life is all about glorifying God. That's the way we live. We wake up in the morning and say, I exist today to worship God, to obey God, to love God, to enjoy God. And then, of course, you continue to mature. And your relationship with Jesus Christ even becomes deeper. Another way to put it is God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him. I really like that one. That's a real challenge, isn't it? Define your greatest satisfaction in Christ. I mean, He satisfies me. I don't need another car. I don't need a bigger house. I don't need whatever. Because Jesus Christ satisfies me. And you can be satisfied with Jesus Christ at any point in your life. If you're going through tough times, you still can be satisfied with Him. We'll talk about that as we move on here. Well, Paul certainly understood this. Uh, He was so focused on Christ, so focused on worshiping Christ and walking with Him. He said, for me to live is Christ. If I continue to live, well, that's wonderful because I I can continue to glorify God. I can continue to help all these churches that I started. I can continue to evangelize, but... And that die is gain. Boy, he said, uh, it's good down here. I mean, it's great to glorify God, but I would like to be up there with Jesus Christ. Right with him. You know? I mean, that would really be great. It's all right down here. I see the purpose. But I'd rather be with God. Now, that is true satisfaction. Psalm 62, 5 through 6 For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. We're going to talk about waiting today. Wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. Michelle Obama was in the news this week for an interview she had with Oprah Winfrey. And basically... Michelle said something extremely stupid. 
I mean, for the caliber leader that she is. She basically said, well, as Trump is going to be president, you know, we, we, we've lost all hope. That's how you feel. It's over. Now, who is a national leader to say there is no hope? Because people live on hope. They put their hope in different things. But they live on hope. She really made a mistake. Uh, it's very sad. But you see, friends, we as Christ followers know that it isn't Obama or Trump or Clinton or Reagan, whoever's in the White House. We don't put our hope in them because that's going to be a really big disappointment. We only put our hope in God. For God alone, oh my soul, wait in silence. You know what? When you're putting your hope in God, you've got to wait and wait and wait until sometimes you don't think He's there. But you wait in silence because you know He is the only hope. He only is my rock and my salvation and my fortress. I shall not be shaken. As you grow as a Christ follower... You become stronger through the Spirit and by practicing the spiritual disciplines, reading the Word, being engaged in a uh, body like this. And, and what happens is things that used to, would have, I mean, if you're talking about stability in life, you know, something happens to you that if you weren't a Christ follower and you had not experienced the power and love of Jesus Christ, you would just be blown away. But as you grow mature, no matter what the problem might be, you can stand firm. It might look like there's no hope, but there's hope because you're putting your hope in God. You're expressing your faith in Him. Lord, I don't know what you're doing here, but I trust you. I trust you. Psalm 62, 7 and 8. Oh God, rest my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge. Is God. Back in Israel, they had six refuge cities where you could flee to. For example, if you accidentally killed somebody, it was just an accident. The family would still have the right to kill you because you killed one of their children, whatever. So they could run into these refuge cities, and that was a safe place for them. Give them time to work out you know, all the details in terms of what happened and that type of thing. But it's a safe place. And God is our refuge. And I think that's one of my favorite terms to describe God. God is my refuge. And I don't have anything to fear. Yeah, life is tough. It's painful. It's disappointing. But I can find my hope and my refuge in God. Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. This morning I want to talk about how do we pour out our hearts to God. Because that's part of worship. And you know, when you're going through challenging times, how do you pour out your heart? 
And of course, we know there are so many different problems that can come our way. Maybe it's our marriage. It's not as strong as we would like it. and uh, We're worried and concerned about that. Behavior of our spouse or whatever. That, that can shake you up. Right? Or your kids. If your kid is seven, you might be worried and concerned about the fact that uh, you know he's not uh, getting school like he should. Or if you're 17, your child is 17, that is, you're worried about peer pressure on your child. And at 27, if your child hasn't found a direction, you have some concern there. Because you always love your children, right? It's a lifelong responsibility. Now, the seniors here at Springbrook have taught me that as I've walked with them. And uh, they've showed me how when a child just goes into rebellion in a later age, you know, how to walk through that, how to trust in God, how to pray, and how to see miracles. So that's the cool thing about being part of a family, a part of this body. I tell you what, over the 20 years, uh, my greatest discipleship has come from you. And I just watch you go through crises and issues. And I see that you stay faithful to God. That you put hope in God when you lose your job. When you get a bad medical report. When a relationship is shattered. When you lose someone. See, Christmas is the great magnifier. If you look at the last three months and things have been going real well, well, it's going to magnify that. Oh, what an awesome Christmas, right? It magnifies it. But at the same time, if you've been struggling for the last three months, it's going to magnify that struggle. And you're going to feel like nothing is getting better here. So just remember you're in that season and check your mind and trust in God and say things aren't as bad as they are and things aren't as good as they are, (laughs) right? Yeah, we just really have to be careful and ask God for wisdom and perceiving different things that we go through. So power out your heart before him. And we're going to look at a psalm here, but, but the psalms, of course, are journals of mostly David, and they are so honest. I mean, they really pour out their heart. They say what's on their mind. When they're in a crisis, they cry out to God. And, and we should do that as well. And I don't think people feel comfortable sometimes because they might not feel like God cares. Oh, well. I want to tell you, God cares. I was out with my uh, three boys, my wife, uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, I I just treasured that time. And I'm becoming more like that. I mean, mean, of course, I always enjoyed my boys, but now I know I have limited time with them because they've got busy lives. And so I treasured that time. 
I enjoyed that time. When my, my kids want me to do something for them, I'm on it. Because I love my kids. And I want to stay connected to them. And friends, God is your Father if you're a Christ follower. And He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from you every day. He wants you to pour out your heart when, when, when things are going well. You know? Whatever it might be, but life is good. Uh, or maybe this past year has been just kind of average. Well, there's a lot to praise God for, right? How about your health, huh? <laughs> That's a place to start. Your relationships, your family. But it's been a tough year. You need to cry out to Him. And I think the main thing, I think people feel uncomfortable in prayer. Majority of Christians. Again, that's a tough area to grow in. And we're continuing to try to help you to do that. But first you talk about prayer, and then you talk about really telling God what's on your heart. Telling Him about the pain. Telling him about your hopelessness. Telling him how you feel about him. God, I'm angry at you. You've let me down. I, I don't seem to have any hope here. You've forgotten about me, God. Now, a lot of people wouldn't feel comfortable saying that, but as you look at Job, as you look at the Psalms, they were, they were saying that. I mean, God knows what's on your heart. He knows how you feel, so why don't you express it to Him? That's a real relationship, right? Is just being honest. This is where I'm at, and I don't feel very good. God wants to hear that from you. Because He wants your heart more than anything. And when you bring the things that are most precious to you... The, the trials that come that tear you up so much. He wants to hear about it. You need to pray every day and pour out your heart to Him. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So what's the first step? You've got to draw near to God, right? And that's why I'm encouraging you this morning through Scripture is draw near to God. You know, uh, do it today. Take 15 minutes. Get somewhere where you can't be heard if you want to yell or something like that. <laughs> get in your car. <laughs> right? Wherever you need to be to really pour out your heart. And God is not going, oh, that's shocking. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> he knows your pain better than you know your pain. And he's a loving father who wants to help. Wouldn't that be sinful? No. No, it's not sinful. If you express your true feelings to God, that's where you start out. You know, Life is going along, you have a crisis. First thing is you go to God and say, God, this has happened. This is how I feel about it. And no matter what you say, you'll never walk away. Right? He wants to be your best friend. That's what he wants. What better privilege could we have? 
So this kind of shows the cycle. When my spirit faints within me, has that happened to you this past year? It's happened to me, you know. A crisis cycle in terms of how life goes. You know my way. You know my way. Lori and I uh, changed from Verizon to T-Mobile about a month ago. And she was uh, southwest of Rockford in Byron, and her GPS went out. I said, honey, (laughs) that's the challenge with (laughs) T-Mobile. I think you pay for what you get, right? (laughs) I mean, she was just totally lost. Yeah, we're really dependent upon our GPSs, and and she didn't know where she was. She had no way to to get a map. She was driving in the dark at night. She was seeing straight signs. I didn't even know where she was, and I was trying to track her. Have you been there? Lost emotionally? Your whole world turned upside down. And you just thought, Whatever happened to you, would, that would never happen to me, right? And it does. And I believe that Christ followers, who are totally dependent upon themselves, I believe that God allows, and sometimes it's His direct will, to put you in a situation where you can't put hope in blank. you got your hope in something else. And he takes that away. What he's teaching you is you only hope in me. I'm the one that you live for. You're a living sacrifice. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Now, this is David running from Saul. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. He's pointing out there. He didn't say anything about God, right? Nobody! Not even you, God! You don't care for my soul. You don't care about what I'm going through. What is going on? That's okay to say to God. Right? Be open with Him. But then in verse 5, there's the crisis that He goes through. And loses all perspective. That's what happens when we're hopeless, right? We just lose all perspective of life and what's important and that type of thing. And it really tells us about how much we know God. Because God, He's infinite, right? And I don't care how old you are, you're 106, you can still learn a lot more about God in walking with Him. He says, I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. So that's the difference with a Christ follower. Michelle Obama says, well, there's no hope. You're crazy, lady. There's all kinds of hope because God is my hope. God is my portion, which means everything that I need. So, so, So you cry out to God. You're open with him. You tell him how you're feeling. But then you go back to God and say, my hope is in you, God. Even though I can't sense you right now, I'm in so much pain. But my hope is in you. 
Psalm 42.3. My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? David again. Have you been there? When you can't cry anymore. When you lose a loved one and you cry and you cry and you cry and the tears run out. But you're still experiencing the same pain. Hard to reach out to God at that point, isn't it? No. What's God going to do about it, you know? The loved one is gone. And friends, in any situation, we get our perception cleared and then we look to the Lord for our hope. Even though it seems hopeless, I would encourage you to do that this week if you've never done that before. Is just go like in a car or something and just cry out to God and tell Him exactly what you feel. If you hate Him, tell Him you hate Him. You can handle it. Just express all those feelings. Get them out of your system. That's the great thing about Having a relationship with God, you actually have somebody you can talk to all the time, 24-7. You can pour out your heart, whether it's rejoicing about life or, again, going through challenges. It's great to journal. Uh, If you have a problem you're going through and you've never journaled, you might try it because it really clarifies the issue. The problem is if you have a problem in your mind, it just keeps cycling. And there's no clarity, and you keep going round and round like a hamster. But if you write it out and really crystallize your thoughts, God will use that to help you understand. God will use that. Maybe you want to talk to a Christian friend, whatever, but pour your heart out to God. Even in... Most painful times in your life, that's when you need God the most, right? Psalm 42.4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. So again, he was pouring out his soul back in verse 3, but he says, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. I would go with a throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. Here we have David. He's out of hope. And then he says, but I remember. I remember worshiping with my people. I remember how you provided in the past. I remember that in the midst of the hopelessness I feel, I know you are God and I have proof. I have proof. That's why I keep talking about a gratitude journal. That's what builds your faith. Can you imagine taking, working with a gratitude journal for maybe ten years? You know? And you, you hit the wall. You lose hope. 
You need to remember, right? We don't remember very good sometimes, right? And so you have to write it down. And you just go through each page and you see how God has been faithful, how God has always helped you, how God has always been your hope. You're reminded what God has done for you. They say, well, this is an impossible situation. No, there are no impossible situations. You know, there are circumstances that may suffer because of your decisions, but God loves you so much. I encourage you to do that. Just really tell God how you feel. Don't uh, Pastor Dan said it. <laughs> if you need that type of permission. <laughs> I mean, some people are kind of like, what? I'm not going to say that. It's right me down. You know, you don't understand who God is. He's a God full of love. Psalm 42.5. Why are you cast down? So again, he's coming back. He's coming back. Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise him. My salvation. He's without hope. He cries out and he... Just tells God everything that's going through his mind. And then he remembers. He remembers the faithfulness of God in the midst of this hopelessness. And he reflects on what God has done throughout the years. And he says, yes, it's true. Hey, my soul. But now he's coming around, right? He's hopeless. And he's like, Wait a second. Hold on. My soul, what are you doing, man? Why are you cast down, O oh my soul? That doesn't make any sense at all. And why are you in turmoil within me? Come on now, my soul. Don't you remember? You better remind your soul, right? Hope in God. That's what our mission is all about here at Springbrook. Hope in God. We want other people. To hear the gospel so they can put their hope in God. All right. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that I could I can put my hope in you. Thank you for everything you've done for me over the years. And I pray that. When I get in situations where I start to fear, all I have to do is go back over what you've done for me. All I have to do is meditate on verses that tell of your love for me. I pray you'll be with each of us this week that we would put our hope in you and you alone. In Christ's name, amen.